The following podcast contains spoilers and adult language. We recommend listening after you've already seen the movie in question, but we're not your boss. Do what you like. Brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash matineemanities. If you like what you've heard and like to hear more, consider becoming a patron. Donations start at just $1 a month, and half of all profits after hosting costs go towards actual manatee habitat preservation. Because we figured, you know, why not? Hope you enjoy the show. Yeah. <laughs> 
So, so, we we need to find some movie that is either completely universally praised or actually completely universally reviled, and maybe that might have three stars on Amazon. Yeah, maybe. I wonder if they rank them. At some point, I should just go through Amazon. Like, what are your lowest ranked movies? There's a black and white vampire movie from 1924 or something that people gave two stars to. Because they didn't understand silent film, I guess. Subtitles were in Spanish. Yes, exactly. Um, although a lot of people speak Spanish and also use Amazon's, so that shouldn't do it. Anyway. Uh, yeah, go ahead and give your opinion. So, um. What you were going to say earlier. Oh, sure. So, um. Okay. I, I went in expecting the absolute worst, and strangely enough, I didn't hate the movie. There were, there certainly are aspects of it that I did not enjoy at all, but I kind of, I, I think I'm kind of seeing the movie in, in a slightly different um, mindset than most other people do, because uh, most of the, like, the biggest complaints I know from the movie are that, oh, the acting was really terrible and wooden and awkward and everything, and it's like, yeah, it's a teenage romance. Of course they're gonna act awkward and weird and wooden. Well, I feel like this might be getting ahead a little bit. Well, there's no order. Fuck it. No, whatever. Who cares? I feel like Bella was supposed to be pretty blank and Because she's supposed to be the blank slate on which you project yourself. Mm-hmm. I want to say on which girls project themselves, but she was the one that I really to most too. Like, I don't think that's a, uh, a gender or age thing. Like, she's the fucking human. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, you know, she has that sort of author insert, typical, like, everyone likes her, and she's super pretty, and she's special for no reason thing that I don't need to get into, because the Bella as Mary Sue thing, which is a term I've come to hate anyway, yeah. <laughs> um, 
has been done to death, and it, it does fit exactly, but also, you can look it up anywhere, um, it's just true, there's no reason to talk about it, but I think that part of the wooden acting, um, might just be because she's supposed to be as blank slate as possible almost all the time. Yeah, I could see that. Because I know, like, there have been main characters like that before that I know are better actors. Um, like, did you see, uh, Avatar? No, I never did. It's, uh, I mean, it's interesting. I'm not going to recommend it. But Sam Worthington in that, I've seen him in other things where he's much better. But he's the guy that is seeing this world for the first time, and you're supposed to be him. Right. So in that movie, he seems pretty bad. Or, shit, Anakin Skywalker from the prequels. <laughs> I've seen that actor in other things, and he's fine. The directing notes he got were to be bad. So, uh, I don't... I haven't seen anything else with Kristen Stewart in it. I know she's been some things. She might be fine. I don't mean to disparage her acting. It was pretty lackluster in this one. I will say that I did see her in a relatively recent episode of Saturday Night Live, and she actually was pretty entertaining overall so again it was probably just the direction that she was given because I, I think actually both her and Robert Pattinson are actually fairly talented in terms of their actual acting capabilities but well, Robert Pattinson, I thought, was pretty good. He was just playing a guy I didn't like at all. Yeah, no, exactly. But, uh, but, yeah, but if he had the direction, can you convincingly portray kind of robotic, kind of asperger's mass murderer? He's <laughs> like, that's weird ass stage directions but yes I can and he did mm -hmm. so <laughs> I'll give him that you know yeah but I mean I like I didn't overall I didn't I didn't dislike the movie it, which it, which was a surprise but I mean, we can we can get into the details of it as we kind of uh, 
pick apart the entire film, I suppose. Sure. Well, I mean, I have... Uh, okay, I have um, a bunch of things I want to talk about specifically, but I also have a bunch of plot notes. I think we should give it a, a run-through first, probably. Sure, because I have, like, no plot notes at all. I just have a few. I have, I have actually one half of one page of notes so I have no notes at all on the first act so uh yeah <laughs> we'll see what, we'll see how things go well, one of the, the main features that Matt and Manatees offers that other podcasts don't is basically describing the whole film to you. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so, you know, we're, we're gonna be, what is this gonna be, like, at least a, a three, four hour podcast, probably? Well, I mean, they all are. Well, I mean, I mean, just that's what we specialize in. Like, if it takes you a while to fall asleep, don't worry, <laughs> we'll hang out with you. Yeah, <laughs> but it was a uh, like ideally you've seen the movie first, or you're not going to ever just want to know what happens in it because. These are my thoughts on the scenes in it. But, okay, so it starts with an opening monologue where she's already establishing herself as heroic and self-sacrificing because <laughs> for no reason she's talking about how she wouldn't mind dying for somebody else. We haven't even seen her yet. All we're seeing is deer hunt, but we do hear her say, I would sacrifice myself for someone else that seems like a good way to die. Which is like foreshadowing, except it's not because it's not connected to any scene or character. Yet. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I, like, immediately thought this was kind of too bad because you could have had a cut from the end where things are actually kind of tense and then a, you know, four months prior, so you are interested in how you get to this state, which I feel like is what they're trying to do, but they didn't. Yeah, it did, it did kind of, the, the beginning couple minutes was just, it seemed very kind of, uh, janky, I guess, because they were kind of, they, they went from the, from the deer hunting scene to 
the the scene where she's leaving and then it's like that it's like now she's in this other place it's like what hold on hold on establish something before you just start moving everything around we get like 35 seconds of phoenix to prove that they actually went to phoenix but you could have just you can start when she lands and say she was in phoenix i'm not gonna like liar She's so pale. Actually, <laughs> that was a question I had. <laughs> My note was she is very fit, pale for Phoenix, and they addressed it like 15 minutes later. So yeah, exactly. But okay, so she lands. She meets her dad, who's awesome. <laughs> He's probably my favorite character from that film. Mine too. I hope everybody. Because <laughs> he's the most well-adjusted guy. Mm-hmm. He's quiet and knows when people are creeps. That's very important. <laughs> well, I mean, he is the police chief of that entire region, so it kind of makes sense. Yeah, he's the police chief of a town of 3,000 people. He he probably doesn't deal with crime as we understand it. Mm -hmm. Actually, I don't know. I don't know anything about Forks. Um, I do know, and I'll mention this a couple times, they got the Pacific Northwest down. Like, I lived there for two and a half years, like, a year ago. Um, sort of little cultural things are pretty dead on, and I totally believe the author and or director lived there, because they got it. Oh, I actually, I, I read something on the... This is, you know, this is from Wikipedia, so take from it what you will. But I did find sure. it funny that they they did say that most of the production was actually filmed and most of the film was actually filmed in Oregon, not Washington. I thought that was funny. But... That's funny. But, I mean, the region is... Like, you get north of the Siskiyous, and it's... The western coast is just redwoods and rainforests and rocky cliffs and mist, so it's... Yeah. Yeah. It's the same kind of forest, and it's only like 300 miles away, so it's sort of... I don't know. That seems fine. Fair. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, 
Okay, so Billy Black pulls up. He's got the coolest name. He's got a great truck. <laughs> I like this guy. Mm-hmm. I like his kid, okay? I know the love triangle doesn't form this movie, but so far I'm Team Jacob because he's not a fucking weirdo. <laughs> 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 Uh, they mentioned that it's March, which means she's got like three months of school left at all, right? Uh, yeah, more than likely. Doesn't always get out of June? Like, March, June? I mean, it, I think, I, I mean, I don't know how their, how the system works, if they're like a... Like a an August through May school, or if they're a September through June, or if they're year round, but uh, more than likely, I mean, if if we go by our experience, it's probably till June. Yeah, I think uh, I think if it's and also prom isn't end of the year that's like a month or two before it right I think so yeah like a month before maybe so somewhere around there so everything happens in April and May of this movie near as I can tell so we're looking at two months or so I don't know how much that matters, but it's pretty fast. Yeah. Given how completely in love we're told <laughs> she is the info. I never see it. I never see it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So... Everybody likes her right away because she's the fourth prettiest girl in the school. <laughs> because there are only six of them in the entire school. Well, fair. That's <laughs> just missing that, right? Like, yeah. And... It doesn't matter, but they they cast only very attractive actors to play all of her friends. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, I get that she's pretty, but so is everyone within eyesight. Mm-hmm. I had no further thoughts on that. It was just kind of funny to me. <laughs> like, wow, you're so pretty. Not as pretty as everyone else I know, but very pretty. <laughs> and I also noticed that this is way, way, way more diverse than Forks possibly <laughs> is. Like the 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 Asian guy who who starts out, and then there's the there's that other there's a the one black guy. And then I don't know what uh, 
that other one friend of hers, not Anna Kendrick, but the other girl. Not sure what she is, but a girl from, uh, Walking Dead. I don't know either. But, I know that when I would pass through Forks and blame those little towns around there, her immediate group of like six friends is every minority in the city <laughs> is right there at that bench with her. And it's actually more diverse with just like I'm guessing the rest of the student body is also a, a bit fair more diverse than it would actually be yeah in actual a, forks this is not a problem I just know it's right like oh okay we're in Hollywood Pacific like, there's not a vague undercurrent of some of these guys are probably in the clan here. <laughs> but, you know, they had the, the reservation thing and the, the out-of-town people don't sort of go into it, but it's right there thing, which is true. They got the weather down. It was pretty good. I actually, I wanted to look up the, uh, the Native American tribe that they mentioned that, uh, that they were, yeah, and they're like an actual tribe who live up in the, up in the Washington state on the, on the coast, so it's like, yeah, they got that down too. Are they actually... Do they actually say they're descended from wolves? Is that a thing uh, hold to? I did not go that far into the research. I just kind of looked to see. It's like, oh, hey, they're an actual... They're an actual tribe, and they actually live up in the Washington State coastal area. It's like, that's as far as I went, actually. Because I wonder how they feel about this. <laughs> well, um, that I don't Maybe know. Maybe it was an interesting take on some stuff they actually believe, or maybe it was just a huge problem. I don't know. <laughs> I want to know. Well, we can do research on that. Okay, so next note is, okay, they address the pale thing. Because she was too pale for Arizona, they say <laughs> so. Way more diverse than forks. And then my note says, oh my god, there he is, oh my god. <laughs> because... <laughs> He's at lunch, the cool kids walk in, and no wonder they're popular because they're all 26 years old. 
it's less obvious to some, but like particularly Emmett, the guy, the big beefy one who rides around on the back of the jeep like he's a fucking gunnery sergeant all the time. He's like 68 years old and weighs 800 pounds and 0% body fat and does not go to high school. There's no way. These are all approximations, but I'm fairly certain. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's okay. a, a couple of them can sort of pull it off, but yeah, him definitely no. Yeah, he he's he's sort of like the the prototypical Hollywood uh, high school age person who is most definitely not like I I never watched the uh, 21 Jump Street film but like um, what's his <laughs> name oh god not Jonah Hill but the other guy I can't remember his name next guy yeah the hell is his name the hell is this? Ray Channing? No, no. Channing Tatum. Yeah, that's the one. Right. I always get him mixed up with the lady who played Bartlett's wife on West Wing, because her name is also Channing, but I think it's her last name. Okay. Because the, the, because I remember seeing, like, bits of, like, um, adverts for that movie and they were saying things like, are you really uh, 17? And it's like, yeah, of course. He's like, you know, 27 or whatever. Yeah. He looks 27. It's like, so it's it's kind of the same thing with this. Like, Emmett's definitely too old for this, for high school. For sure. Well, yeah, I mean, they do this all the time, but it was it was noticeable to me, particularly because they did a pretty good job with the civilian kids. Yeah, like her friends. I know Annie Kendrick was like uh, seventy-two in the cast. <laughs> But, like, they got a pretty good job of young-looking actors, at least. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of them were, like, 18, at least, which is as close as you can get not violent labor laws. Pretty much, yeah. But it just, it stands out a lot more because it did a better job than most movies with everyone else. We're like, this man is in our school. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Which, and I also don't want to disparage the character because he's also the most likable one, I think. 
actually, I I enjoyed Alice for some reason. I don't know why, but I really enjoyed her performance. The character who played her. Actually, don't think that. Okay, let me scale that back. Uh, he's not the most likable one. He seemed like the most of the ones that never talk. He seemed like the one who probably had other stuff going on the most. Okay, yeah. Cause yeah, like, has this sort of slightly angry expression all the time, but is smiling and doing sort of like fierce vampire thing. Alice is more likable, but I don't. She doesn't read vampire at all to me. She's just. This yeah. Quirky, nice girl. Yeah. I see what you mean. But we don't know that yet. That's true. Because right now we're still the weird part of the movie where he's like smelling her and stuff. <laughs> Which is what happens next. Like she walks in, they're in science together, he smells her and he freaks out. <laughs> Freaks out. He creeps out. He flips out. I'm gonna start using that. He freaks out. He he shoves his he, he takes his fist. He shoves it down his own throat to try to block the smell. If one acts like this is normal, like the guy. Who's sitting in front of them, behind them, next to them, isn't clearly having seizures. <laughs> because he is, and you need to address that teacher. <laughs> but they ignore it. He stares at her all weird. She's clearly in danger. Whatever. <laughs> um, they go to the town, even the townies love her. Random friends of her dad's remember her from when she graced their lives for like four seconds twelve years ago. <laughs> Cause she's just the best. She's the best. Oh yeah, she's totally. The best. She's totally the best. And this is cause I had seen this movie before. But I forgot the entire plot, which actually kind of helped because I was watching it like it was new. Because I think I saw it when it first came out in like 2009. Mm -hmm. So it's been a long time. Edward takes some days off from school and murders some, some guy in another town. I thought, because you don't see who does it yet. Right. But you know it's vampires. So this part is so funny. I forgot about this. Edward Strand murders dudes in other cities sometimes. <laughs> but no, he doesn't. That would be much more interesting. <laughs> <laughs> it's someone else, but you don't know that yet. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. This is where they 
you what happens here. I just have a note that says, Charlie's the coolest motherfucker ever. He'll get that horrible Edward. Because I think Charlie's investigating the murder of the vampire. Oh, right, right. The, the, the murder of his... Yeah. Yeah. Which should have been the A plot, and they never really touch on it. Well, they, after, after the first act, they really seem to kind of drop everything that happened in the first act just to focus on the Edward and Bella relationship. So, really, it, I mean, it doesn't surprise me that they never actually kind of figure out any of the issues that might have happened, but at the same time, it's kind of frustrating that they basically drop all the characters and all the plot lines except for that one, for the last, yeah, it's just, you know, hour and 20 minutes of the movie. Well, they, they bring it back really awkwardly in the very end to be the main villain with like 25 minutes run time left. Mm -hmm. Uh, where it doesn't work, but this should be, this is more interesting than the main storyline. Like, there's this small town cop who's trying to investigate vampire slaying, so like you can't do that. In the background. <laughs> Whatever. Anyway, so now he comes back having just murdered a guy, I thought. <laughs> He's a little less awkward, but still with the staring. I don't know why this bothered me, but the science teacher offers a golden onion to whoever does their stupid busy work assignment first. They spend all the time talking back and forth and awkwardly pausing before answering each other's questions. They get through like three steps in five minutes, and then the next scene she's got the fucking golden onion. No way these weirdos <laughs> want the golden onion over everyone else in that fucking class who wasn't staring at each other and taking time to answer questions about the fucking ring. <laughs> like, everyone in school is stupid, she can't be perfect at everything and suck at the same time. You're not allowed to do I'll be honest, I didn't even realize that she had the onion. <laughs> but oh, I like shit out of me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I didn't pay that close attention to the first, you know, the half third of the movie. Because it was just, it, it felt, it just felt like awkward teenage romance. And I, I was like, 
sort of paying attention, but sort of zoning out at the same time. Oh man, honestly, the first of the movie is my favorite part. Because, or at least was my favorite part of the very first time I watched it. Because I didn't quite gather yet. Like, I'd heard enough about that I knew it was going to turn into a romance, but the first third of the movie reads like a movie about a girl who's being stalked by a horrible monster and has to figure out what to do about it. <laughs> That's true. So, it was, to me, it was still good at this point. Because, like, oh shit, what's she gonna do? This guy's clearly really dangerous. <laughs> right, no way these weirdos won the golden onion. Fuck these kids. <laughs> Edward just kind of seems like he has Asperger's or something at this point. <laughs> like, he's not... He's supposed to be intense, but all he's doing is staring at her and taking a long time to respond to things. Like, there's no... Maybe it's because the actor's actually, like, 18. They couldn't get too much gravitas out of him. But this isn't, like, wise and considering. This is, like, everything that's being said is confusing him. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And he's also Spider-Man. Because... <laughs> is one of her her friends tries to kill her oh, with a van yeah. or he's just a, a really bad driver and Edward jumps in and Spider-Man's her and saves her and then fucks off into the night with <laughs> broad daylight <laughs> well, the closest thing to broad daylight up there at that point, because yeah, I guess yeah, because the you know the sunlight thing is a plot point later, whatever. The point is in front of everyone, because like he saves her, he could talk his way out of it, but instead he just jogs away. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's looking like, oh, that was he involved? He jogged away very confusedly. <laughs> and he go to the hospital and he's like, don't ask me questions. And she's like, but I want to ask you questions. It's like, I'm not going to answer them and fucks off. <laughs> and then he's in her bedroom for a second. I don't know what's happening at this point. <laughs> Do you remember this? This is, uh... Okay, so I I think she thought that it was like a dream, I guess? That she dreamt that he was in her room, but I, he probably was. I she wakes up and sees him, turns on the light, and he's gone. Yeah. Which I feel like would have worked if he'd been a little bit obscured by shadows or something. Mm. 
because you wake up, you think you see a shape, you can't quite tell because it's dark, you turn your light, it's not there. Fine. But her room is better lit than my room is in the middle of the day. <laughs> so it's very clear that he's standing there staring at her. Just because, I don't know, the director didn't want the audience to have to peer at the screen for too hard or something, but it was weird. So at this point, she's definitely in danger. And I've written this out in all caps, like, Bella, you are in danger. Uh... He spies on her and wants to know her itinerary before field trips and stuff. Bella, be careful, Bella. <laughs> <laughs> and now he's taken to saying she should stay away but constantly approaches her to tell her to stay away. <laughs> uh, like the... It's not the pacing, it's just the plot at this point has descended into a narrowing cycle of this guy coming out of nowhere to tell her that she should leave him alone while she's leaving him alone. Hmm. And that's all that's happening at this point. Yeah. I didn't even realize that until you mentioned it, but that's true. Yeah, because it does a field trip thing, does it again, like cafeteria where he does another Spider-Man thing, catches her lunch or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and walks up to her to say, I'm dangerous and I'm scary and don't mess with me. And she's like, I wasn't <laughs> doing it. <laughs> this guy's fucking weird. Yeah. They go surfing at that beach, and the friend who isn't a creep, uh, Jacob, tells her a story about his tribe having a treaty with, like, four people. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> like, their family specifically is allowed to not come on their land and they won't spread rumors about them, I guess. That was about as much as I had gathered. As, as well as I could have understood it, which is apparently not that well. But yeah, that's through the through the strange flashback and the the sort of cryptic discussion that Jacob had, it's like it sounded kind of like they had a 
packed with a very small number of people. Yeah, um, it's also, it's a weird thing to have happen, because, like, scenario, you're a tribe that owns these lands, and you catch four vampires eating one of your deer, and you're like, okay, we know that you're vampires, you can keep on being vampires, but if you do it near our place, we'll tell everyone what you are, which implies there would be some danger if they told everyone what they are. If they're afraid of them, why wouldn't they kill them? I wouldn't... And if they can't kill them, why do they think they would be dangerous to them if they told other people that they were vampires, you know? Wait, I... I, I like, half followed that. Sorry. It's okay. So, so the threat, the looming threat that the, the, the Quaalude... Quaalude? Quaalude? Quaalude. <laughs> Yes, the Quaalude tribe. It's not the Quaalude tribe. Sorry, I don't remember how to pronounce it. Uh, it's, they're very tired all the time. <laughs> okay, well, <laughs> But the, the, the treaty is that they have to stay off their land or the natives will tell everyone that they're vampires, which presumably means they would get driven off or killed or something. But that implies there's some danger to them if they tell everyone. So I don't get why there's this like back and forth threat. Like if they're if they believe them that they're not a danger why would they object to them being on the land? If they don't believe them and think they are a danger, why wouldn't they kill them? You know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if, if that, if the tribe had some sort of a prior knowledge of how vampires work in this universe, but... Well, we, we know they did because they have that, that legend about them in, like, two or three scenes. Oh, yeah. Which is how she finds out, because they're, uh... The what's it? Appa Tappa Tappa Right. Appa Tampkin. Which is also a, uh, it is a real thing, but it's for a tribe that's um, in the Great Lakes region, and it's a sea serpent. I looked it up. Hmm. So, she's told the name, but not anything true about the legend. <laughs>
Well, I mean, it can't be perfect. Not even close to perfect, but... But there are Native American legends about vampires. There are these weird ones that kill people with their elbow blades or something. I don't actually know about this, but I'm going to have to start researching it now. It's rad. Like, near as I can tell, um, they're, they're, what do you call the, the arm bone that's closest to the elbow and the heel? stab people and drain their blood. Huh. Which is spooky and cool. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So, they have a treaty with this one family. Next scene, Edward kills a boat man, except this time it turns out it's not Edward, and we can tell it's not Edward. It's Three people who are much more interesting than Edward who are not going to fall off. Next scene, and this is another accurate Washingtonian behavior. The sun is out for one day, so everyone's just hanging out on grass (laughs) doing nothing. Yeah. <laughs> Which is how it goes. <laughs> like, school's canceled, work is canceled, all of the roads are blocked. You just, just <laughs> go outside and try to die. <laughs> so this is when she wants to go to a town friends are getting dresses because everyone in the school has already asked her prom and she's deflected them to their other friends. I I think it was just the one guy, but I mean, maybe. No, it was the two. Cause it was the, uh, the Asian guy who runs the newspaper. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the blonde guy with the forehead who is on the football team? Probably, presumably he has the letterman's jacket so I guess so. Yeah, but she deflects them both to her other two friends, so they've established A, that she's the most popular girl ever and everyone loves her, but B, also that everyone around her's happiness is contingent on her actions. (laughs) So, that's just like real life. Just in her spare time. 
I mean, it's like being the main character in a Bioware game. It's like, sure, I'll fix your marriage. Also, I'm trying to save the world real quick. Also, I gotta reject every one of my party members. Uh, if anyone gets that, I don't know. I get it. So they they go to this other town. She's gonna buy a book. Uh, they're gonna try on dresses. She wanders down alley and gets accosted by these four guys. Okay, wait. This this part bothers me because. They're, they're, cause they're doing, cause they're dress shopping and all that sort of thing. You can clearly see it's still like afternoon, mid-afternoon tops. Then she goes to the book, goes to the bookstore. She could not have spent more than maybe, what, a half an hour? going to this place and getting the book and everything and then suddenly it's nighttime. I mean like I don't I don't know whether the weather from from up up north but there's no way that that much time could have passed where it goes well, and it's from. nighttime in April up north, which means it's like 9 p.m. Yeah, so it's like, how, how did, I mean, did she spend six hours at the bookstore? What, what happened? Well, it also goes from dusk to, like, Midnight when she's walking down the stairs from the books. Yeah, it's I, very clumsy. I, uh, I don't, I don't understand how that works. Cause it's like that. That was just really awkward for me, at least. No, it's it, it's bad. Um, and then she's wandering around. She gets cost by these four guys who have apparently remembered her from glancing at her through the dress store window like five hours before (laughs) and have split up to hunting parties. I guess it's a weird thing. It's not that some guys accost her now, it's that she turns to avoid some guys in an alleyway and gets like herded into this weird parking lot where they all hang out but there's like four of them it's a strange I don't understand it like weird pack hunting gang thing it's very odd yeah the whole the whole thing to this point is at least a little bit odd, but yeah, there, that, there's like an that, there's like an implied she's gonna get raped or she's gonna get mugged or something's going on. 
Yeah, although near as I can tell, all they actually say is they want to have a beer with her, but then they won't let her leave, which is legit really scary. And then Edward comes out of nowhere with a Prius, doesn't run them over, makes her get in the Prius, then immediately starts screaming at her and makes his violent urges her problem and her fault. <laughs> Which is, I guess, a little better than the situation she was in five minutes ago, but she's clearly still in an enclosed space with a psychopath, so this is not good. Like, do you remember that part where he's... What did you think of this scene? I don't want to monologue for too long. No, that's, that's okay, because I'm... I'm first, even though I, I watched the film and finished it about 20 minutes before we started recording... I'm having a hard time, like, recalling specifics of these. Like, I do remember the, like, when they're they're in the car and he's, like, foisting all of his problems upon her and the fact that she's the cause of all of his issues. And it's like... Yeah, and he's, he's driving super recklessly. He's yelling at yeah. her. <laughs> yeah, but she's like, oh, it's okay, you're still really pretty, I don't mind. Uh, well, I think at this point she wasn't all, like, head or heels for him yet, so at this point I was still thinking she's like, protagonist and what's going to happen, how she's going to deal with this guy. Mm. Like, it, it, I was still on the, she's investigating him, maybe she's going to find out how to kill him, what's going to happen. Paige, the first time I saw this. Which again, like, not this time, but I'm trying to call back to where I honestly was the first time I saw this movie. <laughs> so they go to get dinner, because her friends got it without her and didn't go looking for her, which, fine, not their problem. He reveals that he's been following her, says he's a mind reader and of course she's immune for no reason and she's like that's rad keep stalking <laughs> yeah I, it's not what I do when I find out people can follow me without my permission <laughs> I mean I don't know if they I mean I don't know if they explain that whole reason why he can't read her mind in later films and or books. 
but it just felt like one of those weird sort of hanging plot points that just like one of many that just obviously did not get resolved at all. It's like, why though? Yeah, she's just a mutant. She's got some sort of null power. She's like the Haitian from Heroes or something. <laughs> Who was rad? Like, that would be fun. But I wouldn't mind watching at least the first season of that again. It's been a while. The first season that had a lot of promise. Yeah. I hear it got better at some point, but everyone who had abandoned her, myself, at least everyone who I talked to who watched it had abandoned it by the time it got better. So. Okay. So this is the part where she figures out what he is. Which is kind of neat. Like, I like the music. I like that she's researching it. It looks like she goes to one GeoCities site, taps through, and that's the sum total of her research. <laughs> but it's still kind of neat. Because it sort of creates this tense feeling of like, oh shit, what are you gonna do? How are you gonna kill this monster? is where I felt like it was going. This is where they bring in the Apotamkin, which is actually Sea Serpent, I think. Mm -hmm. So then the next day, she lures him into the woods where she's gonna burn him, <laughs> I guess. And I keep wondering what her plan is. Does she have booby traps? Does she have trip wires? Does she have like punchy sticks? What's the plan, though? What's the plan? I want to know. You're a smart girl. What's the plan? All her classmates ignore it because they definitely think they're just getting hired, fucking or something. Uh, which, because they're. Very conspicuous. Like, we're just gonna walk into the woods. <laughs> yeah. But it turns out her plan is she's gonna date him, and then I'm out. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's where, like, the tension dissolved for me, and then I realized that I was watching a dumb movie. Fuck, <laughs> um, I was real tense up to see him like she's gonna confront him. Then what's she gonna do? And all she really does is insist over and over again that she doesn't care. <laughs> right? Yeah, oh yeah, that she doesn't care that he is a vampire and that he could kill her in a heartbeat, things like that. Yeah, because she has all these shady clues to begin with. Like, she knows he's super strong. 
And he's fast, and his eyes change color, and he's super pale, he's never out in sunset, and he's super cold, and all that stuff. Um, and then she finds out about the murder aspect. Specifically, it seems like for the sole purpose of then telling him she doesn't care what she discovered. Because I don't know what you could discover that's worse when she's researching it. <laughs> like, I'm gonna find out what he is, and if it's not too bad, I'm gonna talk to him. If it's a really dark secret, then I'm gonna avoid him. I'm like, well, the dark secret is murder all the time, forever. <laughs> and she's like, well, not that, that's not that dark. <laughs> like, I don't know what the cutoff was gonna be, you know? It's like, well, it says here he only murders puppies. That's no good like <laughs> So, this is the scene I want your opinion on. Like, I saw the sparkle thing coming this time. What did you think of it? Well, I mean, I had heard about all the all the memes about ooh, the the vampire sparkle in the sun from this movie. And it was not as sparkly as I expected, I guess. Because <laughs> I mean, I was ex- I, no, I was I was expecting like full on like Michael Bay fireworks style, like. Like, he's actually, like, legit. Like, there are... They've animated sparkles around him and everything. And it just turns out his skin's a little shiny. Yeah, he looks like he's frosted. Which... Like, I don't know if there's supposed to be ice monsters in this, kind of. But that's what it looks like. He's got, like grass frost on him, you know? Yeah, I mean I I'll be honest, when when he when he actually walked into it the in the sun and it was like it's like, oh, this is what I really look like. It's like I looked at him and was like, you don't look that different. I mean, but then again, that might just be me. It's like, okay, it, look, it looks like he's slightly, like, slightly lighter, shinier skin, but it's not like he's, you know, <laughs> he's just kind of like, I'm slightly different now. It's like, okay. Yeah, I just... Like, I saw the sparkle thing coming. I've known about it for decades. <laughs> and it 
still bothers me. Well, like, it's just, it's so dumb. Well, I don't know. I mean, the, it's, it's, it's like, of all things that, that they choose to, you know, throw in the face of vampiric lore, it's the whole, you know, vampires die in sunlight. That's the whole, that's like their biggest the thing. Main goddamn thing. Yeah, it's like, okay, so instead of having the weakness of, you know, bursting into flames when he gets in the sun, it's like, now he just he gets mildly inconvenienced. So I think why I hate these vampires so much, besides them just not being vampires, <laughs> you don't want to do what everyone else does, fair enough. But if you're gonna have like a monster with this many or a character even with this many powers like they can they're super fast they're super strong they can fly they live forever I guess they can't fly but they keep flying so they can fly <laughs> yeah like they've gotta have some kind of weakness vampires have that built in like Edward clearly isn't repelled by like symbols of faith or doorways or whatever. He breaks in her house all the time. He survives in the sun. Like to kill him you have to dismember him and set him on fire, which trade secret kills everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> like it just, it bugs me because it's 100% advantage and they don't even have to kill people to survive. So I don't get what, like, every interesting thing about vampires, because, like, I like vampire movies. I fucks with vampires. Like, that's a thing I'm entertained by because it's this trade-off and it's this weird, like, it's kind of a curse and kind of a blessing and all this stuff and they've just unilaterally made it an awesome thing that can happen to you. Mm -hmm. You know, like, there's no downside near as I can tell except they kind of want to kill people, but clearly not that hard because they keep not doing it. And one of them is a fucking surgeon. <laughs> so it's not like the sight of blood drives him into a frenzy because he's surrounded by it way more than I am. And all of them go to school in high school where it's like violent football games and fights and like 
all the girls are already menstruating and stuff, and there's blood everywhere in the high school, and they don't go nuts. So, they talk about it, but it's not actually even a problem, you know? Something I was gonna. Oh right, because the on, the only other instance, at least that immediately comes to mind about like the the vampire that doesn't necessarily die in the sun, was Blade, and I feel like he was at least a mildly more entertaining character than most of the other vampires in this movie. Yeah. And, and in universe he was special. Like, yeah, because he was like a half vampire or something. Yeah, that was what made him the main character that can kill 300 vampires at a time. Like, yeah. he's not. Yeah. And he had all those, well, he had a couple weaknesses. He could, like, bleed out and drown and stuff. Mm-hmm. But still, it's like, he at least had, he still had weaknesses. Like, he could still be killed. And it's just like the sunlight didn't kill him. Which, like, with these ones, it's like... Yeah, they have, there is no disadvantage to being a vampire, except for the fact that they say that they're living in some sort of cursed eternal torment, even though their cursed eternal torment is we shine, our skin shines slightly when we're in the sunlight. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's not interesting when it's an obvious yes to me. Like, would you like to be a vampire? Like, I don't know, there's all those, like, weird things, I can't see the sun again, I'm disconnected from people. Like, no, no, would you like to be a Twilight vampire? Like, oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, like, Blade couldn't kill a Twilight Vampire. They're too fast and too tough. They wouldn't be sure. Anyway, I hate it. Oh, I did notice one. I hate the sparkle thing. I did, uh, it's okay. I did note one thing during the, 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 during that scene is that I don't know if you listened too closely to the to the the music that was going on at that point, but it reminded me of something, and it took me a couple minutes to remember to to realize what it was from, and because it was like this sort of slightly lilting. Uh, string instrument sound and it reminded me it sounded a lot like the the blood theme from Dexter which I thought was quite funny because like 
you know, vampires. Yeah. And they play it again later on, very briefly. And it's like, oh yeah, that's that's back again. So, what's that? That main music you actually kind of like, which is like two notes. Keep doing it over again, like. Yeah, that was yeah, that was that was the, I think that sort of thing in that scene. Yeah, I I like music okay um but it connotes a much creepier thing than is ever actually going on <laughs> i i i'll be perfectly honest the music and the soundtrack was my least favorite part of the entire movie it was just it felt so meandering and pointless to me that i just like I could not stand the music choice in this film, but... I did think it was meandering pointless, but to me that matched very well the pacing of the movie. No, it it, it it matched the aesthetic perfectly. It's just that, for me, it's like I would rather have no music than shitty music. And, I mean, just just for me personally, that was... I really disliked the soundtrack. Fair enough. So, yeah. I don't... There were no songs that I went out and looked up and downloaded after sequel after movie or anything. Mm-hmm. I liked one song at the very end, I think, when she's spazzing out because she's bleeding out or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they got some guy who I recognize, but I don't remember the name now, but that's, that's it. I don't even remember there being music there. <laughs> Which, uh, I mean, whatever. It happens. <laughs> So then we go into a new cycle. Instead of him constantly approaching her to tell her not to approach him, now we have a threat, threat, info dump, threat thing going on. <laughs> where he, he just keeps saying that he wants to kill her and he can, but he's not going to. Actually, he doesn't even say it. He just keeps not doing it. <laughs> so he keeps threatening to kill her. Threatens to kill her. Tells her his entire background. Threatens to kill her. And then orders her to meet his family. <laughs> and that's like the next ten minutes of the movie or so. <laughs> right there. info dump is that the way you get all these superpowers is via a super soldier serum that vampires have in their fangs it's just the venom 
So you don't have to do anything with your usual vampires, so if like you blood drain happened to your blood and it's a disease or whatever, um, it's just like rabies that works super fast, and the only reason more people aren't vampires is that once they bite someone, they really want to keep biting them until they're dead. And that's the whole why everyone's not a vampire by now thing. Right? Yeah. And then, like, their dad, the doctor guy, just makes it a point of biting teenagers when they're on their deathbed because he wants a family. <laughs> it's actually kind of sweet. I like that. <laughs> but, no, I mean, yeah, that's kind of cute. He's like, I'm impotent because I'm a horrible monster. <laughs> but these kids are dying. I want kids. <laughs> you know, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. But sort of a uh, interview with a vampire thing, except they're all old enough they could be adults, as opposed to Kirsten Dunst age. Yeah. I need to read that book again. It's, uh... I mean, the, the, the follow-up's better. Vampire oh, it's definitely, yeah, no, for sure, but... Eh. And at least they're creepy. <laughs> okay, so sorry, you, you were gonna say something about Carlisle? Yeah, I, okay, I was just curious. Was, was I the only one who kind of saw, like, uh, him saw the, the the actor portraying him as sort of like a, a low-budget Tom Cruise-looking kind of guy. Uh, I don't know low-budget. I like him better than Tom Cruise. In this oh, movie. no. He, no, I mean, I mean, just, he, like, he was, I mean, I mean, low-budget as in he costs less to hire. As in literally Yeah, exactly. But I mean, like, he, he, he reminded me, at least, like, facially of Tom Cruise. It's like, he kind of looks a little bit like him. Which was, I don't know, I, I don't know why I'm even throwing that out there. I don't see that. Well, he, he reminded me a lot specifically of Tom Cruise's Lestat in Interview with a Vampire. I think because they had the same makeup and lipstick sort of thing going on. Yeah. Where, like, blonde isn't their actual hair color. Mm-hmm. And they've got the super pale face makeup and the kind of rouged up lips that creates a very certain look that is only in vampire movies, I think. Yeah. 
and maybe elves sometimes. Possibly, I don't know. No, I mean, you're, you're definitely right. I don't know how much that actually looks like Tom Cruise. I know in his scenes in this movie, he looks a lot like Tom Cruise in the interview with the vampire. I will agree 100% with that. Okay. I'll take it. Uh, I'll take it. And I also thought that Edward looked quite a bit like uh, TV's Angel from time to time. He did back in the first two seasons when they were still... Sorry? He did a little bit. Yeah, you're right. Sorry, continue. Yeah. Or at least in the first two or three seasons when they were still doing it up like a vampire all the time. Yeah, and David Boreanaz was still relatively young. No offense to him, because he's, he's a handsome man, but they, they definitely could not stop the hands of time from making him look a little bit older even though he was supposed to not age. Yeah, they got him right at the edge of that sort of about to transform into still a good-looking guy, just a, a much boxier sort of build. Yeah. So he was on Bones for like 10 years. He looked the same at the beginning as the end. But they they cast him right before his first metamorphosis. <laughs> well, yeah, because like I mean, because he started was he was he in season one of Buffy or just did he start in season two? I don't remember. Yeah, he was in uh he was in episode one, I think. Okay. Cause he cause he played he, cause he played that character for a good what seven years or something like that seven eight years uh, yeah so I mean eight years yeah cause I mean he he started I don't know how old he was he was probably like twenty four. 425 or something like that when he started and just you you just you kind of you just kind of change at some point like in your late 20s early 30s there's no getting around it so like he couldn't he couldn't avoid looking different well, they cast him when he was like 25 or I don't actually know how old. Mm-hmm. But also, they emphasized the sort of looking young aesthetic. Yeah. Because he was sort of doing the, like the other guy, um, James Marster. Marston? Mar. Mar. Yeah. Marston? Yeah, I think so. I get him mixed up with the guy who played Cyclops, the guy with similar last names. The 
Mars Dinner Marsters or something. But they cast him a little bit older, so he has still looked much more the same at the end of the same amount of time. Mm-hmm. In the game, because when they cast him, he was just sort of thin and hollow-cheeked and 30-something. And at the end, he was thin and hollow-cheeked and 30-something. At the beginning, Angel was thin and had all these abs and like leather pants and stuff and was very 20-something fashion model and then staying in shape after a certain point means he got bulkier and wider shoulders and sort of a broad neck because you can't keep having a 20-something metabolism and work out all the time without putting on muscle past a certain point. So, like, by the end of Angel, he was still in really good shape, but he was, like, wider and thicker, you know? Yeah. But, anyway, so, yeah, Edward kind of reminded me. <laughs> Edward reminded me slightly of, like, early seasons of Buffy Angel, kind of, a little bit. Yeah. Me too. These guys all look like some other vampire or something. Uh-huh. Uh, okay, where, where am I? Where am I? So it loses me. Threat info dump. Info dump threat. Or to me, the family. No choice involved. The Billy Black and his son Jacob show up again to hang out with Bella's dad. They brought the Rainier, which everyone in Washington drinks. <laughs> but they talk about the Mariners, and I know the Mariners are Washington team. But if they're into sports, it's Washington law that they have a Seahawks flag on everything they own. <laughs> uh, they didn't have that, so it was a little inauthentic. <laughs> well, I mean, to be fair, at this point, it's probably April and football season has been over for a couple months. Oh, it doesn't matter. They're insane. (laughs) It's like a cult that's a thousand miles wide. It's close. 400. Yeah. (laughs) No, you don't understand. I I apparently don't. (laughs) Listen, listeners in Washington... I like you guys a lot. You're fucking crazy. It does not make sense. It's like Seahawks first, then America. It makes no sense. 
sunlight but their house is literally made of glass well they didn't it's not that they can't be in sunlight it's that he said something like this is the one place where we can be ourselves or some bullshit oh, like okay. that okay so just they hang out and sparkle yeah basically okay fair enough Although, I will admit, their house is actually really, really nice. And well, it's, it's really nice in that, that modern way I don't actually like so much because it reminds you of hospitals and stuff. Mm. But it's, uh, it's really expensive. I mean, Alington, sorry, don't like shut your taste down. Like, no, it's not. No, I mean, I, I mean, I thought it was, I thought it looked pretty decent. But then again, I don't know. Uh, I did like that. I did like the uh, the joke where they were, uh, they were like in the kitchen, and they're like trying to learn how to cook and they're like well I guess we finally have a use to try and use this kitchen for once it's like eh I mean was, I, I was actually really charmed by the vampire family yeah like these were some of my favorite scenes just because they have pretty good personalities among themselves. And I liked the sort of like, we've got a human coming here, what do we do? <laughs> Cook something. So like watching it on TV and trying to like, okay, what does taste good smell like? It's like, okay. Her name is Bella, so I guess she's Italian, so let's make Italian food. Yeah, that was cute. Yeah, I was like, they're, they're adorable. But I want to I complain about the house a little bit more, just because... <laughs> sure. If they're trying to keep a low profile, a glass house... My problem with glass houses is at night, everyone for five miles can see what you're doing and you can't see out at all. <laughs> so if they're like diving out windows and clambering up trees and shit, everyone can see you if they're even near your property. Which I, I seemed like they were pretty in a fairly remote location, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, but there's a road going there, and there's a road people could drive by on. Yeah, that's true. 
Um, it, uh, it seemed incautious to me, uh, if that was a thing, or, like, whether he made sunlight or not, if they're trying to keep a low-profile, things like Lugani Glass House, uh, and going to high school and being the town doctor and everything they fucking do doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> also, like, like, drift racing into parking spots <laughs> on top of a military-grade jeep and stuff, like, hanging off the back like an immortal would because you know you can't be hurt by <laughs> high speed collisions is also not how you keep a little profile. I mean, I don't remember if they specifically said that they were going to be trying to keep a low profile, but it seemed like they were trying to uh what the hell is the word I'm trying to think of? They're, they're trying to sort of just prove that they're normal, I guess. Well, I guess they never said keep low profile, but they do make a big deal out of how they're only in high school because they don't want people to know they're different and if they enroll in high school they seem younger so they can hang out for longer before they have to leave town mm. yeah. which also doesn't make any sense because the years between like 15 and 20 Involve way more physical transformations than 20 to 35 if you're healthy. Yeah. Like, that's, well, not, maybe not 20 to 35, but like 24 to 35. Or hell, 24 to 45 if you're like Paul Rudd or something. <laughs> so you can just. <laughs> I know, right? The guy just doesn't age. It's ridiculous. Yeah, I saw a movie from, like, the 1800s the other day. It's exactly the same. It's like Keanu Reeves, Paul Rudd, and what's her name? What is her name? I don't know who we're talking about. Yeah, that's way too fake, sorry. No, like, like, <laughs> like, what, like what was she in? No, like, I could help it. Uh, God, she played Ripley in Aliens. She's super famous. Sigourney Weaver? Yeah, she's been the same age for like, like she aged, but very slightly over the last like 25 years. Mm-hmm. Like, she's super recognizable and doesn't look different. I'm just saying. Yeah. Less so than Paul Rudd, because Paul Rudd is a literal vampire. (laughs) (laughs) 
She's already eaten because she knows they don't eat and didn't want to impose on them. Mm-hmm. So it's one of those super uncomfortable, like, politeness battles. Yeah. Right? Oh, I didn't think that. Oh, I didn't think yeah. of that. Which is the best kind of conflict. <laughs> but she gets legit super pissed at it mm-hmm. for some reason. The 97-year-old boyfriend of her, who, with the linebacker body, reveals that she's also pissed because in the likely event that Edward murders her, now everyone knows that they were dating and it's going to be an awkward situation for them. Which I also kind of like. <laughs> she's like, she's risked us all. She's like, oh, well, tell me what. No, 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 it's not that. It's in the inevitable event that he murders you. Uh, now everyone's going to come looking at us when your body is never found, <laughs> which it won't be because he's going to murder <laughs> that was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I got nothing that. Um, the other brother, uh, Jasper, it, I guess just joined the family when he started dating Alice. So he is still wanting to kill everyone all the time. Mm-hmm. Which they act like he's like a heroin addict in, in very recent recovery who's surrounded by heroin when she's in the house or something. <laughs> What they keep not addressing is they also send that poor fucker to school. <laughs> so, like, if it's actually that hard for him, he's murdered thousands of students in high school, or it can't actually be that hard for him. Which, I mean, if he's murdered a bunch of the students, then that explains why there are only six girls in that entire school. I mean, like, half the extras are girls. Oh, it's yeah, no, I know. I know what you mean. She immediately makes friends with people on the first date. Yeah. 
tight-knit little paws incredibly good-looking teenagers. <laughs> okay. Then they do the tree-climbing thing, which sounds like it's He's conceptually cool and looks really odd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, that was a special effect. Yeah, I mean, th- this is this is at that time in movies where I felt like s- special effects were they they were trying to catch up to what directors had envisioned for what they want and it just it ends up always looking a little awkward and weird no matter what they do like like, I mean it probably took until a couple years ago where things actually started to look potentially realistic. I mean, if they weren't trying to go for realism, I would understand because it's a teenage romance vampire movie. But it just, it looked just awkward and weird every time we tried to climb a tree. All the things where she's on his back look weird. Yeah. Like the fast running looked weird, the climbing looked weird. Yeah. Actually, the fast running always looked weird to me, though. Because, like, later on, they're running by themselves in the woods, and it still looks weird. Yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's just, it's at that point where CGI wasn't quite good enough to look well is CGI I, I feel like they rigged them up with wires or something which is why it looks so awkward oh for the flying parts I thought you meant for like the the, the speedy running parts oh I, I do I think that they because it looks like they were sort of pulling them along on a pulley or something, so they're just waving their legs. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's, I don't that's know possible. if it's accurate. I, I don't know. I mean, the, I mean, like, the parts where he was, like, climbing the tree, that was, well, I mean, it was just green screened up, but it still looked weird. Yeah, it was a cool scene monster at the top, because that's a great place to hang out. Oh yeah, definitely. Ah, that's weird. Then he... The entire date is just like Bella watching him do stuff. (laughs) Yeah. Because like... They're in his room for a minute, and she's just looking at his music, and he's standing there. 
Then he carries her to the top of the tree and I guess they're talking. Then she watches him play piano. seconds of the new police investigation. The police don't think it's an animal anymore. They find a footprint left by what's-her-name. And that's it. That's all we get. That should be the main plot. That's the only touching we have. Oh, we found a footprint. I want to know what's going on with those guys because they're cooler than our main characters. <laughs> we find out he's breaking in to watch her sleep. She loves that. I don't understand anything that anyone says at this point. They kiss her man, then he reveals his main reason for going over, which is just popping by to say how dangerous he is again. <laughs> because if he doesn't do that every 12 hours, he, he'll just... I mean that that must be their one drawback. The only drawback that these this universe's vampires have is that they have to constantly tell people how dangerous they are. Well at least that's their weakness. Yeah. Like to keep their their unholy lives supernaturally long to keep the blood flowing through their veins without a heartbeat they do have to declare to a mortal that they're super dangerous <laughs> as often as a mortal has to eat I guess instead of them sleeping, they have to watch others sleep. Maybe that's their their other drawback. I think that's just Edward. No, I know, I know. <laughs> no, he, he's he's like super goddamn creeper mode at this point. Well, that's why, like. It, 
I guess it's supposed to normalize him a little bit when you see his family and see it. They're all vampires and this is a thing. It makes him so much weirder. Oh, yeah. Because they don't do that shit. Yeah. No, it's like they, they seem like a decently well-adjusted group of people. And he's just super goddamn creepy. Yeah, like, all the other vampires are handling their shit, Edward. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, I mean, most, I mean, all the other kids are supposed to be, what, 16, 17? And it's like, they, they, they understand how things work, somewhat, at least, to a point. Edward's like, I like watching you sleep. It's like, uh, okay. Emmett like, does not do that shit. He's huge and should be scarier, <laughs> but you feel safer with him around because what he's not doing is staring at you when you're not looking at him. <laughs> exactly. He's the one who's like, hey, hopefully we don't kill you later. And for some reason, that's more relaxing mm-hmm. than Edward does when he's trying to be romantic. <laughs> Carlisle, Carlisle's a freaking doctor. He is charming. Mm-hmm. It's doable. Yeah, exactly. You creep. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> Edward is terrible. This is a bad movie for bad movies. Speaking of bad movie, um, you want to describe what happens next? Are we talking about the baseball? Yes. Okay. So I guess I guess this is their actually the first thing is when when Bella says to her dad that she's gonna go out on a date with Edward and of course he's cleaning his shotgun. Which right. is great because she says, "Okay, I'll let him in," and then he's like, "Okay," cocks the shotgun. It's like, "All right, let's do this shit," because her dad is fucking awesome. Yeah, man, but he doesn't even menace him and do that like over wants to be badass stuff. He's just like. Doesn't think that it'll be weird that he's cleaning a shotgun because that's when she approached him. Yeah, exactly. It's like, Cinnamon, what's the problem? <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, so Edward explains, oh, yeah, it's, you know, I'll have her back soon. We're gonna. 
we're gonna my we're gonna go play baseball with my family, which is a, an odd enough date to begin with. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's a little less weird if the town knows his family's a bunch of foster kids. Mm-hmm. Like that's. Put me as well. The family has a bunch of kids, I guess. That's less weird. Right? Yeah, a little bit less weird. It's not like we're gonna go play baseball with my parents. <laughs> <laughs> True. So, okay. You might have to explain part of this for me, because I think I missed a little bit of part of the reason why they're playing in a thunderstorm. I know there was some sort of explanation as to why, but I did not follow that at all. It's so fucking stupid. So, these superhero vampires are so fucking superhero that when they hit the baseball, it sounds like thunder. Oh. So they can only play non-suspiciously in thunderstorms. Okay. Because they're so strong, the earthquakes when they do fucking anything because it's a horrible curse you shouldn't have. So, but my, but my question now is if they, if they are that strong, okay, first off, like, okay, whenever any of them hit the base, the baseball with the bat, if they are in fact that strong, shouldn't both the bat and the ball explode every time they hit something? Yes. And, I mean, even, <laughs> and they're all, uh, every, every batter is so coordinated that they hit the ball every time. Why did they need a catcher? Well, listen, I don't know exactly how the vampire venom works, but it's implied since you don't need to transfer blood back and forth, it's just venom, that it's liquid that vampirizes what it touches, right? So I can only assume that it is a vampire bat that they're using. God damn it. <laughs> Are you waiting to use that joke? No, I came up with like five seconds. <laughs> okay. Alright, then I'll give you credit for that. You son of a bitch. I was gonna go the whole way, but I couldn't figure out how to make a pun on a vampire baseball. <laughs> <It was> just... 
that's the problem with that joke. Uh, but both the bat and the ball are vampires, that's why they're smiling. Okay. So, they, so, uh, I, I guess only Vampire bats, Sam. <laughs> yes, I get it. Very funny. Very funny, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Alright, I'm done. So, podcast is you. Uh, no, please don't. <laughs> I have one paragraph of notes after this. Uh, so, I guess Alice is the only pitcher in this, and everyone else is batting, but, uh, Edward and, uh, Emmett, they were both, like, the, the, the outfielders, so every time anyone would hit the ball, they would fly, the ball would fly into the forest, and they would have to run after it and catch it. So, I don't know how this is anything resembling actual baseball, because no one ever scores any runs. Well, I think they do, don't they? Like... Because they collide and can't find the ball at one point. Oh, yeah, there was that one where they both leap. They both leapt a, a good hundred feet into the air and then collided with each other. There was that one part, I guess. Yeah, well, I mean, I will give it this. Like, if I... If it was me, if I was a superhero vampire with no downsides, and I knew five others, I do think team sports would be a thing we would play a lot. <laughs> because, yeah. like, so you have these powers, you're super fast, you're super strong, you never get tired, you can fly a little bit can't compete with anyone else. Like, you're good at... You're better at everything than everyone. Probably down to, like, video games and music and stuff. What you can do is beat each other up. <laughs> so, I get why they would want to do this. I'm not sure why baseball specifically, but... I think they probably just had some old tiny baseball uniforms available and they're like, let's do this! Which I actually did very much enjoy the old tiny baseball uniforms. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Yeah. And also, I, I did, I did find, uh, Alice's pitching style quite hilarious because she 
like a girl, you know, or like the stereotypical thought of thought process of how you would think a girl would throw a baseball, but she's also apparently throwing it at 300 miles an hour. So, I enjoyed that. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, I'm not throwing a girl. I don't know how you're supposed to throw a baseball. I know you're supposed to hold it with, like, two fingers, which is a thing I never quite mastered. <laughs> I don't know. I played, like, I played Little League because being a good baseball player for an eight-year-old is not the same as being a good baseball player. Like, I have no idea what I Baseball superhero shit. Alice has a useless ass vision because it is five seconds in the future. <laughs> that she envisions the bad guy vampires with a very constipated stride <laughs> are going to be coming in and I saw the the special feature thing on YouTube for this scene the reason they're walking is so funny is because they're actually on like a long piece of fabric that's being pulled behind the car so that the background will go by faster than their actual steps would connote just how they got that weird effect where it looks like they're sort of gliding through the forest. Which is kind of cool, except it means they're struggling to stay standing while they're walking. So they're walking like they're... I don't know, like something's wrong with their hips. It's a... It's a weird combination. I don't think it quite worked. I did not even notice that was happening, so... Well, never mind. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm kind of curious now. I might go back and watch that one specific scene just to kind of see what you're talking about. Uh, you can tell what they're going for, and what they're going for is pretty cool. I think the problem is just that it was so unstable that they had to walk like weirdos to not fall over. So it didn't quite work. But a very constipated stride. <laughs> and everyone being obsessed with Bella right away finally has a downside <laughs> because this guy who's pretty well acted I think like he creeped yeah. me out he, he reminded me a little bit of Sabretooth um, yeah I could see that I could see that he 
he actually looked to me like a little bit, again, I hate using the word low budget because I don't know how much these people are asking for for their, <sighs> for their time in the movie. He but might he, be super famous, I don't know the guy. Yeah, I mean, he, he looked to me like a, he looked a little bit like Brad Pitt. Actually, funny enough, wasn't wasn't Brad Pitt in Interview with a Vampire also? Or am I misremembering yeah, completely? Yeah, he looked very different than he usually looks. Yeah, but he he still that but that guy reminded me vaguely of Brad Pitt, which is like yet another sort of guy. Person who vaguely looks like someone who was in another vampire movie. Eh. I didn't see that one, but fair. I don't know who he did remind me of. For some reason, he reminded me of like Triple H as Sabretooth in the 2000 <laughs> X Men, so go figure. <laughs> and then there's the Black Vampire. Lawrence? Uh-huh. Lawrence? Yeah, I think it was Lawrence. Was, was in one of the X-Men movies. Like, he was Darwin. I recognized him right away. Oh. And he seems like the most interesting character in the fucking movie. He just never really says more than this in one of their scenes. Yeah. But, so for whatever reason, uh, James? Yeah. Is that the other one? Yeah. Is obsessed with Bella as soon as he knows that she's human, and now she's his entire reason for existing. He has to find her and kill her. <laughs> Which, A is dumb as a motivation. <laughs> B, this is the main villain of the movie, the guy whose name we just learned at the hour 20 minute mark with like <laughs> half an hour to go. This is just bad structure. What are his motivations even? Why is this happening? <laughs> is what all friends say. <laughs> and like you, you can tell what it was you can't tell what it was for it could have been more interesting I think if it had been like an old friend of Edward's or like a lady vampire Edward used to date or some reason he would hate whoever Edward was dating at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, or old boyfriend of Edward's. Fuck it, be aggressive. But yeah, exactly. it It made no... He just decided. <laughs> hmm. It's like, he, he was... He was, uh... Stalking for the sake of stalking. 
Well, yeah, the, the motivation to slap onto it is because it looks like the other vampires are protective of her. He thinks this will be more challenging prey. Which is true, but also means he's gonna get fucking murdered, and he does. Yeah, because there are, you know, six other vampires facing the three of them, and Lawrence is definitely not one of the ones who wants to fight them. Yeah, and like, he's implying that, well, it's implying, the way they say it, because he says it himself and Lawrence says it at some point. No, no, sorry. He doesn't say it. Lauren doesn't say it. Uh, Edward says it because he reads his mind. And he says it himself later that he thinks it's going to be really challenging if Edward hates him because they're going to get to fight. It's going to be a challenge or whatever. He doesn't seem formidable enough once he actually has to fight any other vampires to justify that mindset at all. Because <laughs> it seems like his game is antagonizing and hunting other vampires, which is just not... nothing bears that out, you know? Well, I mean, they, they, they explain later that he's like this master tracker vampire, but they don't actually say that he can do anything else. Like, he's great at tracking people, and that's it. So, yeah, his, his mentality that he can, he can, uh, you antagonize other vampires seems entirely unjustified. Yeah, like he's never actually done it before. He's like, now's the time when I'm gonna be a gladiator. Like, you're gonna get your head torn off <laughs> by a girl. This is yeah. gonna happen. Mm -hmm. uh, and it does. Yep. End of movie. <laughs> no, Basically. So, so, um, everybody loving Belle right away finally turns dark. <laughs> Stupid villain. They decide to run away and take her out of the state, and for some reason that involves being a dick to Charlie. Which is. I didn't get why that was necessary, or even a part of their plan. Yeah, like, I mean, they, they, okay, I mean, they, they could have either just taken her out of the state, and he would have freaked out, and he probably would have tried to gather whatever resources he could have and called his ex-wife and they would have all been freaking out or they could have pulled this weird elaborate series of ropes and pulleys that that for some reason 
they think is a better idea to hurt him and and like crush his hopes and dreams and the, you know anything his daughter could do and that's what I don't I yeah I don't understand why they yeah. went with that. People believe every cover up they throw out. She could just leave town and say, oh, I got lost and I mm-hmm. fell down or whatever. <laughs> or, better plan, they could just hang out where they are and kill the fucking guy when he comes, which they know he's gonna do, which he does during that scene. Yeah, like, um, like their eventual plan is to lure him somewhere and kill him. And when all seven of them are there, they decide that's not a good time. Even though they know exactly where he is and is going to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's adding more material to my thesis that I would be a rad vampire because I would <laughs> figure that shit out and work Chris's head off. <laughs> <laughs> so, there needs to be drama. She needs to be really mean to her dad for no reason. And then Lauren comes by their glass house after she hurts her dad's feelings the Mm. most she can and then fucks off with (laughs) the Collins. Lauren comes by the Collins house to say watch out for this guy, he's dangerous. Which they knew. Yeah. He just has one more line in the movie. (laughs) But to, I guess, sort of exonerate them from, like, kill this guy if you need to. I don't actually like him. We just travel together. That's it. Uh, Because I guess he just really wants them to like him. Because the same guy who was like, hey, just playing baseball. Can I play too? I, uh, I don't have any other friends, so he'll probably be back. But mm-hmm. and then they restate the plan twice, <laughs> which is for them to run away and then also try to lure him in a different direction, and they do. Yeah. Except it doesn't work. Well, it does for a minute. It does. And then... They split into two groups. Again, there's a group that's luring him away successfully because they're wearing her clothes. I guess her plan is just to keep luring him away forever because he follows them <laughs> into the woods where they could ambush him and kill him. 
But they decide they're not getting to that even though they've stated that that's what they're trying to do. Because he eventually gets bored of chasing them into their ambush they never actually set. <laughs> and turns around and follows them to, for some reason, and they, they give the cover story to her dad they're going to Phoenix because that's where her mom and her lived. And that was the lie they were telling to her dad, I thought. Then they actually fucking go to Phoenix. <laughs> which is one of the only two places it would make sense to look for her. Why does this happen? <laughs> I'm getting the impression that everyone who's involved in this plan is kind of an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. So then, fast drawing effect is really not doing it for me, but apparently <laughs> James fast runs from the Seattle area to the Phoenix, Arizona area. Almost as fast as they drive there, which takes like a day. So, I guess these guys can run 60 to 70 miles an hour, which is rad, without getting tired, but also makes me wonder why they were in the Washington area for those, like, two weeks when they were killing all those guys and making a ruckus and stuff. Because they could have been to Florida in three days of jogging. Like, uh, <laughs> why hang out? <sighs> I, I, I am. I don't know. At this point, scenario. You and me are rad, perfect, no-downside vampires, okay? Okay. For some reason, we don't wear shoes. I <laughs> forgot to dress that earlier. It's a weird thing. <laughs> but the ones who live in the woods don't wear shoes, I guess because their feet are tougher than shoes and they wear them out from running around so much? Yeah, probably. Whatever. Still got impeccable yeah. European fashion on their upper bodies. <laughs> <laughs> so we're rad, no shoes vampires living in the woods. And we have to kill someone every, like, month? Because they all get two victims total, right? Uh, was it two or three? There's the boat guy and the guy at that plant. Okay. So and I don't know how... I don't know how much time went by 
but it seemed like two months, right? Because it happened pretty near the beginning of the movie and then halfway through their dating thing. Yeah, so I guess it was just once a month. Yeah, and like you split one guy three ways once a month. I'm not saying that that's an acceptable level of serial killing, but I am <laughs> saying that's not like a huge needs to be a giant pattern deal thing. Yeah, it's not. It's not like the typical. We, you know, you have to consume something once a once a day at least. Yeah, and so, like, local police and authorities and just the, uh, community is noticing this pattern because two guys are mauled by not animals in two months by people who could be across the continent in three to four days mm -hmm. but are choosing to space their kills out by 25 miles why <laughs> again I would go back to the fact that Apparently, everyone involved in this is not exactly the most intelligent. Maybe they don't have a lot of foresight. Maybe that's the downside of this universe's vampires. They're they're stupid. Like, you'll get superpowers, but you'll lose the tactile part of your brain that would make you a threat with superpowers. <laughs> Do you still want them? Shit, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be the one downside. Or, like, the big downside. Like you're gonna live for 300 years, but you're incapable of planning more than a week in advance. <laughs> so much to live forever. <laughs> Actually, that's a more intriguing. I kind of wish that was it, because that'd be interesting. <laughs> Well, it turns you into an addict, and also makes you dumb a little bit in huge blind spots, but not in general. <laughs> also, you hate shoes, just you hate them. <laughs> so these vampires have a series of strange weaknesses. Mm -hmm. um, maybe they still have that counting rice thing. That'd be cool. Which one? Oh, were they... Yeah, like the old, old world vampires, if you like, spilled rice or... 
grain or had a bunch of sticks in weird configurations that would be obsessive compulsive and have to count them all or straighten them all before they could continue. Oh. Hmm. I was kind of like that one. That, that sounds vaguely familiar, but yeah, that is actually kind of cool. Yeah, really. You're a horrible monster, but listen, you're more compulsive than you were. <laughs> anyway, anyway, uh, uh, this is what I write down, so I guess James and Edward have a history? Oh, no, not even. <laughs> so there's, <laughs> there's <laughs> no justification. There's not too much to say about the rest of it, I don't think. Like, they go to Phoenix, James falls in there because he runs a million miles an hour. fakes a distress call from her mother who should be in Florida so it doesn't make too much sense but by breaking into her house and playing parts from old home videos which I actually kind of like yeah as a uh, clever like go out and lure her out thing. And then he says very overtly that she needs to come so he can kill her and he'll spare her mom. And I don't know how all families work, but my mom would be fucking pissed if I died <laughs> to save her. Like, like, I mean, I love my mom, I love my dad, but they've been very clear that, like, they're the old generation, and if I ever have to choose between myself and them, choose myself, because that's what they're gonna do, and they're gonna be furious at me if I don't. <laughs> because that's how parenthood works. <laughs> So, like, I get if she's gonna roll out and try to rescue her, but she's nodding. She's like, yeah, I'll die. My mom won't mind that. Mm. It's not like she could have rescued her mom in the, in the first place. She's facing a vampire, even if he's not the most particularly skilled fighter. He's still a vampire, and, you know, yeah, the, the Twilight Universe vampires are perfect in every way. But it's not even a plan to save her at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I know she's not thinking of this, and probably most of us wouldn't think of this, but it is a, like... Yeah, you, you die for your sister, you die for your kids. You don't... You don't straight up 
trade yourself for your parents, right? Is that just me being selfish, or is that not a thing? It, it, it does, it doesn't, it does seem a bit counterintuitive to me to, to sacrifice yourself for, well, I don't know. I mean, it, it kind of depends, but... And also just in general, like, I don't know if this is cold or something, but in general, unless there's like a lot of political stuff going on that means they're more important to more people or a bunch of lives can save or something, you don't ever really trade like a, a child's life for an adult life, right? Like that's not, yeah, for the most part, no. And I mean, I know she's like, she's an 18-year-old actress, so you forget she's playing like a 15, 16-year-old kid, but that's, that's not... Yeah. I mean, she doesn't see it that way because she is the kid, fair enough, but... It's a silly thing to complain about, come to think of it, because we're not saying that she's wise, so fair enough. But it's a weird... It was a weird thing for James to count on. Like, all children will die for their parents. Like, not if they have time to think about it, I don't think they will. Okay. So she goes to kind of a cool set piece, which is a ballet studio. That Alice knows she's going to because she sees the future. Yeah. So then it's just a matter of can she survive until Alice and Jasper show up. And then for some reason, instead of those two showing up, Edward shows up. But, but James throws her around a lot and takes his time and doesn't kill her, but hurts her a lot in that sort of movie way where you break bones and throw people around instead of punching them so they can survive and just land hard. <laughs> and then what happens? That's actually a good question because I couldn't entirely tell what happened during the fight scene. Fair Edward shows up and then they fight for like 30 seconds? Yeah, he, he shows up and he keeps throwing James around and vice versa. But... Instead of sticking around finishing off the threat, he keeps throwing James running back to Belle to try to carry her a little bit further out of the building. Oh, that's so what James happening. comes back, 
hits him in the back and breaks another one of those bones or something. Okay, see, I had no idea what was happening because it's again, I'm, I'm not good with action scenes. Like, I can't tell what's happening. So. I think it's just. I think we're just supposed to interpret because Edward is so old. He has not played very many video games. So he doesn't get how escort missions work. <laughs> you eliminate the threat. Um, <laughs> so, by the time they're still fighting, like Edward hasn't accomplished anything against this guy, but. During the course of the fight, he has managed to break Bill's leg and bite her so she's got the venom, whatever the hell. Then the rest of the family shows up and the fight's over right away because James was never that tough. And it's also 6 1. Well, it's not like 3 or 3 not everyone shows up, it's just the yeah. ones who are local. But, again, he can't take Edward, who they even say Edward's not that strong, he's just really fast. But he can't even take Edward, he definitely can't take Emmett, who's the size of a gorilla. And <laughs> Again, 120 years old. <laughs> so they just tear his head off and set him on fire. It's like not even a fight. They just sort of hold him down and do it. Which is kind of cool. And then Bell's turning into vampire. And Edward's like, no, she would love that. We can't do that. <laughs> because our relationship depends entirely on me psychologically abusing her all the time. <laughs> so, he literally drains the blood out of her body to get the magic elixir that will make her an awesome angel person out of this and then won't stop eating her until after she's unconscious. I guess she's also bleeding out or something. I forget. Yeah, like she was hemorrhaging and there was something and they said something about a tourniquet because I think, I guess um Damn, what the hell is his name again? Carlisle? Carlisle. Yeah, I guess he was there also because he had said something about uh, putting a tourniquet on her or something. So. Uh, right. So she's bleeding out and she has the venom. You really want those two things. Mm-hmm. But it does combine 
provide convenient cover for why she doesn't have any blood whenever fishes. Uh, actively preventing Edward would rather risk killing her than risk her getting awesome powers. So he does. That involves draining a lot of her blood. Fortunately, she's lacerated so they can say that's where the blood went, not into his belly. She's where it is. So, because her entire family is completely unaware of signs, her mom just says, Oh, well, your abusive boyfriend told us that you fell down the stairs. <laughs> and, and fell and through a glass window. And fell through a window or something. And they're like, so that must have been true. And we believed him, right? And of course it did. <laughs> Edward says the first non-creepy possessive thing he said in the entire movie by saying that she should leave and she freaks out and displays emotion for the first time in the entire movie saying that he can't ever leave after together forever because that's what will just be say it's it's I mean it's what it's what the 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 typical Hollywood 17 year old high school person would say yeah it's just it's weird because she's been so sort of blank and muted the entire movie and she finally wakes up just to freak out like an addict <laughs> at the possibility for boyfriend leaving the first time he said anything with her best interest in mind. <laughs> so that was funny. Then they go to prom and it ends at prom. Edward says she's perfect with her leg in a cast. <laughs> Charlie still doesn't like him, which I like. <laughs> I kind of liked the, uh, I like the vibe with Bella and her friends here. Actually, I didn't mention much, but I like the vibe with Belle and her friends through a lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't like the Bella Edward thing, but I like the Bella and Anna Kendrick and whoever their other friends were vibe. Like, I like the vampire family vibe. Yeah, they had a, they they definitely had some good chemistry with each other. Yeah, like the, the two camps got along well, and it was sort of fun seeing a prom and dicking around and being silly and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Jacob shows up again to say that his dad wants to break up with his boyfriend, which is weird. But that's the first weird thing Jacob has said, and has up to this point just been a super pal about everything, so I'm still Team Jacob. <laughs> They go to prom, and Belle even says, Make me rad, loser. <laughs> it's like, no, I don't want to. I want you to die. And, and I won't die. And Belle will be a happy life. <laughs> <laughs> and then it fucking ends. Yep. Except there was, uh, I think there was, wasn't the, uh, the, the lady vampire who was with Laurent and James, she was, like, spying on them or something? Right. Was she, she wasn't Olivia, was she? Uh, I don't remember her name. Victoria something? Victoria, Maybe. that makes more sense. I think Olivia's the vampire from Hemlock Grove. Which is a weird show. We'll talk about that later. Yeah, and then they do... I actually kind of like this. They do the sort of black and white with a song showing every major actor in it and giving them credit. Mm-hmm. Which not the way movies do anymore. I like it, and I particularly like it. They did it with a cast of a lot of sort of first major picture 16, 17-year-old actors. Mm-hmm. Like, that it seemed like they were doing it was solid. I like that they did that. Uh, yeah, definitely. Like, if you thought this performance was convincing, um, here's how you reach them. <laughs> so, that was Twilight. Yep. How'd you like it? Well, uh, after you poked all the holes in it, uh, less than I did after I finished watching it. Sorry. I mean, it's, no, it's okay. It's, it's, it is, it is necessary to do because, like I said, it's, it was one of those films that I think got such a bad reputation that I was going and expecting, like, the worst movie. And for, I mean, for my money, which there isn't really any, I mean, it wasn't the worst movie. It wasn't a good movie, but it definitely was not even remotely as bad as I was expecting it to be. Um... I thought the 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 whole the whole idea of the the super vampire with no drawbacks and 
the fact that they have sort of shiny skin, the whole, like, oh, the vampire sparkle thing was kind of blown out of proportion. It became its own sort of meme, as things do. But, I mean, it wasn't... Like, the, the whole... I think the whole... The whole idea behind their sort of acting style was that, like you said, the the whole reason Kristen Stewart acted the way she did was so that she could be thought of, uh, that people could project themselves onto her and... Like, people, people, like, lambasted her for that, but it's like, no, it's just like, she's just supposed to be an awkward 17-year-old girl in high school. She's one of those wooden mannequin dolls where you put whatever you want on it. Yeah, exactly. It's like, this. That's just basically what people in high school are anyway, so in that sense, I thought she did a pretty good job. Uh, I like their family, you know, I like the, the vampire family, I like the Cullens for the most part, Edward was a fucking weirdo, but, you know, the rest of them were fine. They were charming in their own strange ways. Her friends were fine as far as actors go and, and their performances go. The pacing was weird. Uh, some of the camera angles they chose, I didn't mention this at all, but some of the camera angles they chose for certain scenes were just strange, like that sort of like 20 degree tilt on the camera. It's like, why are we doing this now? Uh, the, uh, the Dutch angle, do they call it? Yeah. It's like, it's like, it seemed random to me when they were doing it. I mean, it might not have been, but... Well, I know as a, as a cinematic technique that's supposed to be, or cinematographical, I don't know what the word, mm-hmm. technique, that's when you're sort of showing that something is wrong or something's very confusing or shocking. Yeah. Because it sort of takes, you know, your equilibrium away. Mm-hmm. But yeah, they didn't so much use it for that. Yeah, they just <laughs> kind of, they, they felt like they just kind of inserted it randomly for seemingly no good reason. But, I mean, overall, like, it wasn't as bad as I was expecting again and I know that you thought the soundtrack was fine I just that bugged me a lot and I don't know why it did but it just it felt so uh 
meandering and kind of just just awful fair enough I don't know although I, I mean but yeah my last note is Billy Burke was pretty great and that's all <laughs> like my last note that's Charlie yeah yeah he's pretty much the best him, him and Laurent were basically the best characters in the movie yeah I want to see more of Laurent I don't know if he comes back I don't know if I'm ever going to watch any of the sequels to this movie but I'm I'm the only thing I'm still kind of curious about is if they ever explain why Edward can't read Bella's mind, but it's I'm not gonna watch four more movies to see if that might be if they might explain it. Yeah, I think it's if I was going to watch the rest of these movies, it would be to have watched them because they're cultural, uh, cultural touchstone and all that. Yeah. Um, I knew there was a lot of movies, though, so I'll probably wind up doing with this one as soon as it's free to see somewhere. But I don't feel like I need to, you know? Yeah, like the... One, one is more than enough for one lifetime. Well, one thing I want to posit and talk about just a little bit, we're clearly not the target audience for this. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Which is worth considering, but also why, like, I don't usually care about, frankly, I never care about the, uh, the whole influence that media might have on kids and, like, what's normalized and whatnot. I'm old enough to remember that whole Grand Theft Auto probably makes people murderers thing, which there's no actual evidence for. But I do sort of wonder about the message relationship-wise this might send to the impressionable age group of teenage girls who are just about to start dating that's obviously geared towards. Says romantic lead Edward is unambiguously psychologically and physically abusive, <laughs> controlling, and stalkery all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, even once things are good between them, he's still really controlling and psychologically abusive entire time. Yeah, that's that's worrisome. And because it's a kid's movie, kind of, 
I wonder about it a little bit more, but I don't know if that just means I'm getting old or if there's actually something there. No, I, 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 th I think there. I think you definitely have a good point, just because. Again, the this is this is basically being marketed towards, uh, like teenage, you know, between the ages of, you know, 12, 13, and 16, 17-year-old girls. And it's, I mean, it's, it is worrisome to think that they might try to normalize psychological abuse as being a normal relationship thing that people do because it's it shouldn't be and under currents of like threats and fear yeah because like when you think about it the thing he keeps saying is, you know, I'm strong enough to destroy you and sometimes want to. That's gonna be true of most men, unless you're a very large woman or dating very small men. If a guy brings it up a lot, that's a huge red flag. Yeah, that's, that's something that you should get away from very quickly. It's like, you know, I can punch you so hard you die. Like, okay. Okay, bye. <laughs> Why 13 times with the reminding <laughs> The controlling thing and the, like, stalking thing. Obviously, the watching you sleep thing, I think that would break through even if you like the book a lot, but it's just, you know, all of the traits he demonstrates are really bad things to ever think are okay. Yeah. And I don't know, man. I don't know. Yeah, it's, uh, I mean, if you, if you, obviously I kind of neglected to, to bring that part up as far as my opinion of the movie, but when you do bring that up, it is kind of, it kind of, really drags the movie down into the drag just because it's like we're trying to normalize uh, emotional and psychological abuse and that's not something that any person should have to go through especially Especially women, because it's just like it's they—they've gone through enough shit as it is. 
and they don't need to think that it's okay if my boyfriend threatens me with physical violence because he's pretty and I love him. It's like, no, don't fucking do that. Just, no, it's not, that's not normal. That is awful behavior and it's it's sad that that kind of shit still happens. Well, and just sort of the, the equating of uh, being physically dangerous with being sexy. Mm-hmm. Which it seems to do a lot. And there's, there's the, like... There's the whole Fifty Shades of Grey thing. I don't care about that because I feel like it's marketed to adults if it's a fantasy, whatever. I feel like it's it's more of a problem when it's marketed specifically towards people who don't know shit yet. Yeah, who are much more impressionable on the entire subject. Yeah. So I wonder about these things. But also, probably just means I've been teaching too many teenagers in class I gotta get a new job because I shouldn't care about this stuff. (laughs) 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 Well, I mean, I... We should care about that, because, I mean, let's be honest, we're we're not, like, we're not the demographic for this movie, but we're also, uh, you know, straight white guys, and that's... We're, we're manatees coming to the bit. Right, straight, straight white guys. Straight white manatees. There. There you go. Alright. So, it's like, but, so, we, we are like, the, because we're sort of like the majority of where that problem arises from in the first place. I have no idea where I was going with this whole entire idea. Sorry, you kind of derailed me with the whole straight white minutes. Sorry, sorry. It's okay. You were highlighting privilege as a component of this, I think. Right, just like the fact that the fact that we are sort of like the majority of people who would cause that sort of abuse in the first place and we have like this whole white privilege thing going on which again as as manatees then we it's like we don't we don't seem to understand. I think I feel like we don't really necessarily I don't know if race correlates with spousal abuse and stuff. I'm not sure that's a uh, 
Relevant Distinguisher. Probably not, but... Still, just the fact that... I mean... While Caucasian people are not necessarily... Are they are are Caucasians still considered the majority in this country? I don't know. Uh, at the very least, we're the largest minority, but I think we're still yeah. more than fifty percent. Okay. So I, I I don't know, but still, just like the. It's the idea of normalizing emotional and psychological abuse is just not... It's just not something that should be... that should be forwarded, especially from... Uh, a female author and a female director of the film, the film adaptation of said book. So I kind of kind of wonder what their motivation was to 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 seemingly normalize that kind of behavior in the first place. Well, I mean, I think it's a it's a fine, like, weird fantasy to have when you know the difference. Mm. I go back to the Fifty Shades thing because I don't understand that at all. <laughs> but I know that most most people who enjoy it as a book would not want to happen in their real life because. It's horrible. Mm. But they're also mostly dulled and know that. So I think it's what we're getting is Stephanie Myers' fantasy that's then being read by people younger than Stephanie Myers' children would be. Mm -hmm. Which is a different kind of thing. Yeah. In part, just because she said her main character in high school. Like, it might even be... It'd be a very different movie, because you'd wonder more why the main characters were acting so rationally. But it would probably be a very different story, possibly with a different audience, if it was a person who came to town on their own power for a job or something and was in their 20s and had agency in their life and stuff. Like, I don't know what the target audience of that movie would have been, you know? Yeah. Or if you gender swap it, then I think you might have something more interesting. Yeah. Although I always 
think a generous swapping standard relationships or superhero things is more interesting. <laughs> but if you have like this burly 250 pound guy uh, with like a beard who's a, who's a lumberjack or some shit uh, that's why he lives in Washington because he's the strongest, toughest dude. Hmm. And then you have this 90 pound girl who keeps saving him from <laughs> um, car accidents or carrying him up trees or something. And he's just, well, I'm totally vulnerable here because I met your brother and he's my weight and he's made out of what you're made out of. <laughs> That might be... Uh, I don't know, I'm thinking for some reason of uh, Let the Right One In. Did you ever see that movie? No. Uh, it's... I mean, it's also kids with a little boy and a little girl who lives next door, next door who might actually be a little boy also just cast or something. It's a weird movie. But is a vampire or some sort of like a vampire undead creature just sort of how he reacts to her and finds himself sort of drawn in but it's less an overt physical threat and more of a like Ignoring huge psychological warning signs, sort of thing. Hmm. That's a really good movie. It's so hard to describe because the characters are like 10 years old, so it's, it doesn't fit what I'm talking about exactly. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. The, the, the themes of just general in relationship are echoing a bit strongly for me given how this is set up that I think could be mitigated by several things that aren't done that of course probably would have made a lot less popular I'm not saying that it would be better or worse I'm just saying it's a In my head while I was watching, I was thinking, what if the roles were reversed and it was a more interesting film to me? Yeah, I could definitely see that. Also, because then James can be an ex of the Lady Vampire, and it's like a showdown, except it turns out our intrepid hero of course can't be James and the same stuff happens to him. <laughs> that would actually be a lot more interesting. I mean, it would to me, but I'm also a male audience and I want the main character to be male, so I'm wary of that. <laughs> but, you know... <laughs> 
No, I mean, I, I would, I would. We're, I, we're so underrepresented as leads, you know? Oh, yeah, totally. When are we going to see some movies about men? <laughs> I mean, like, it's, it's, it's ridiculous how, how underrepresented we are. Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, well, no, totally. There aren't many movies about lumberjacks specifically, I'll give it that. <laughs> Fair. But I'm I mean the 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 concept of of what you were describing earlier of having the uh of having the man be the the sort of damsel in distress, even when he's not necessarily physically supposed to be the damsel in distress, but he ends up being so because he's outmatched because of the fact that who he's facing off with are super supernatural beings, I should say. So I mean, or or just or just in general, having the the the, the male character be the 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 one who is in distress. I think that's more interesting to me because we don't see that very often. Yeah, well, when you have something like humans and vampires, it doesn't need to be the man saving the woman because he's a foot taller and, you know, 50 pounds heavier. It can be because he's made out of spooky undead diamond goop. Yes. <laughs> And it, I think it would be more interesting if it wasn't so overtly threatening before she even got involved. Mm -hmm. Because you can be, this is a normal thing, and if a 90-pound girl's acting creepy towards you, so it's like, okay. And then the danger doesn't come out until you find out she's a vampire. In this one, he's clearly a weird, dangerous guy long before she knows that he's actually super dangerous, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Which is another reason it's so weird that she gets closer and gets involved in the first place, right? No, this is the sort of guy who's gonna murder you. Oh, because he wants your blood? Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anyway, just the whole submission, emotional abuse, stalking, etc., etc. thing is much more right on the tin this way and throughout the entire book. Movie. I never actually the book. <laughs> also, they they make it a big point 
to try to show how mature Edward's tastes are or whatever. Uh, he only listens to classical music, which is already old when he was alive or whatever. He's above the teenage drama and stuff. He spends a lot of time contemplating things. Uh, he's still definitely dating a 17-year-old girl. <laughs> I feel like that makes him creepier, not less creepy. Yeah. Like, regardless of what his physiology is when he was turned into a weird diamond vampire. Mm-hmm. It's like, I've, I've dated younger women, but never, like, one like, twelfth my age. <laughs> like, that, that's weird. Bro? Yeah, it's, uh... And also, if he's got these tastes and he's got these, uh, higher concerns and stuff, shouldn't he be dating, like, middle-aged women or some, or at least adults? Like, it's a weird... It's weird! Yeah, it's... Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah I, I, I don't even... I don't even know where to get into at this point. Alright, well, that's just a thought I had. <laughs> that's fair. And part of it's just because they didn't cast a 16-year-old actor. I'm sure if he was, like, stuck as a kid, actually, it might make more sense. But then, of course, he wouldn't be about the next movie that'd be weird. Yeah. Okay, so I had that question. These vampires, the colons, and they're not actually cursed. I think we talked about that. But the whole, like, the downside of wanting blood, Carl a fucking doctor. It's not a big deal. <laughs> okay, two main questions. Why are they in Because I didn't see it. I get why Edward is fascinated by the only person whose mind he can't read, which is why it should be a bigger plot point than it is. Mm-hmm. But I never see any actual relationship building between them. I see her intrigued because she wants to know what he is on like a scientific level. I see him intrigued because he wants to know why he can't read her mind. And then I see them suddenly needing each other for no reason. I think it might be Stockholm Syndrome at that point. 
Yeah. I mean, he's he's probably he's threatened her and broken her down so much to that point that she actually believes in the threats, possibly. It might be that. I don't know. She might have it, she might have been well, I think she might have like by the end of the movie, definitely. But when yeah. she first decides like she's all in that hasn't even happened yet. All he is is a weird guy who's been following her around. Like uh, I just don't get it, you know? Yeah, I'm I'm I have no I have no answer to that just because because uh, girls like the mysterious weirdo I guess well, I mean it's, it's not even the plot line problem of why they're in love it's, it's that I, they never seem to portray that on camera. Like they stared each other a lot. Yeah, there, I mean, there was there were like a couple of scenes where they were actually kind of laughing and joking around with each other, but that was. That was all we had as far as an actual sort of building of a relationship. I mean, it seems like every conversation they've had has been about whether or not they should be together, not anything else that usually attracts people to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm, I, yeah, I honestly have no idea. Okay, so there's that. Other big question. Why is James doing any of the things James is doing? (laughs) (sighs) (laughs) Well, I think, I think we've, I think we kind of na- we hit the nail on the head earlier when uh, the I think the the largest drawback to to this universe's vampirism is you lose all sense of tactic of, of oh, tactical right. knowledge and and forethought. I guess that's that's about as much as we can gather from this, at least. Okay, fair enough. I guess we talk about that a little bit. A, a little bit. Okay. So those are all my questions about Twilight. Uh, <laughs> I don't feel like I need to see a sequel at this point. 
I would respect it a little bit more if it turns out that the same reason Bell's mind can't be read is the same reason James becomes obsessed with her is that she's got some sort of a thing, but not much because it's so pretty dumb. Yeah, like if 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 she was some other sort of like she had some sort of mutated gene or she was some other form of some other supernatural something that she didn't realize, then it might almost be interesting. But if it's just a random plot point that they never actually address again, then I would not be interested in, in anything else further in this yeah, series. Because I know just from being like in the zeitgeist that it turns out Jacob's a werewolf, right? And so are all yes. Yeah. So, if it's a world with a bunch of supernatural shit in it, if she's a blank, then fair enough, but it definitely wasn't hinted at in any way that I picked up on. Yeah, I mean, it might just be something that they bring up, like, two movies later but I'm not sure I want to sit through four more hours of Twilight uh, quality film <laughs> in order to actually discover that I mean I could probably just look it up on like a spoiler website or something like that and that would probably be fine I'm sort of the opposite. Like, I don't care enough to look it up or learn any of this stuff. Hmm. But I will probably watch all the movies if they're ever made available to me for free. <laughs> Just because I know a bunch of people see them. And also, like, I spent the last week watching all seven Fast and Furious movies because I managed to pick them up for 20 bucks. <laughs> I watch a lot of things that aren't actually very good just to have watched them. <laughs> I, I actually wouldn't mind at least watching one of those again because I know I watched the first one. The first one was pretty good actually. It's most of the follow-ups that are pretty disappointing. Mm. First one's good. Fourth one's good. I think that's it. <laughs> but that's a totally different movie. Although, if you do wind up watching all seven of them, we should do a podcast about that. Because I got opinions. Oh, good. So we'll, we'll we'll do we'll do one episode on the first seven Fast and Furious movies. Yeah. Okay. And then one well, Fast more and Furious franchise. 
And then one more for the, the most recent one, right? The, well, actually, that one, because that one's Digital Collections. I should be getting that one as soon as it's released on uh, Microsoft TV or whatever. Well, so damn. So could do it on the entire series. <laughs> oh, God. I... I... I'm mildly tempted, but at the same time, I know I don't have the time to watch seven movies for like. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, this would be I like a project. Weeks, so, so it was just every day, and like, well, it's six o'clock. Better make dinner than watch Fast and Furious. <laughs> This might be like a, uh, a, a several week long project for me. Gotcha. <laughs> like I could do this in the background, but this is something that I would have to do. We could record it in like three months time. Well, as long as it's relatively soon, because I'm not going to remember these for very long. <laughs> but three months might be fine. Eh, we'll see. If they're if they're available relatively easily, then it's a possibility. I mean, they're fun. There's increasingly flash over substance which is it's not super disappointing because the first one wasn't like deep or anything the first one was a plausible interesting crime thriller about street racing and by the seventh one like they're they're flying cars out of planes to try to steal a hacking chip from a convoy of Russians or something. Jesus Christ. Uh, which was also fun, but in a very different way. <laughs> I can imagine. What is this? <laughs> so, that was Twilight. <laughs> it does make you want to watch other vampire movies, because it reminds me that I like vampires. Mostly because I was so disappointed in these vampires. <laughs> and, I don't know if it's currently available, but you should definitely check out Let the Right One In if it's on the Netflix or whatever. Seconds. 
it's related to that. Uh, but Byzantium? That one was okay. Oh. I didn't see that one. Uh, the Duke, which I've heard decent things about. Yeah, I've heard that's great. I have not seen it. Housebound? Mm, haven't heard of it. Uh, the Awakening? Have not heard, read that, I think. Mm. But I don't know if it's the same one. Eh, there are other ones. Yeah. Anyway. Well, something. Let's watch something. Okay. Uh, I got very little else to say. Um, do you? Nothing really, at least about the, about Twilight, because, like, eh, whatever. I think we've, we've, we've beaten that horse to death. And upsides um, is for whatever it does wrong interesting because it includes all these weird things that aren't a part of any other vampire lore and don't make any sense tactically <laughs> and emotionally. It won't bore you. Because there's always something strange happening on <laughs> that is at least intriguing in that why kind of way. <laughs> I think it's about Fantastic Four too, but if you look on, if you watch any five minutes of the movie, you won't be oh, this is a standard whatever movie board because it's not. Does the Pacific Northwest pretty well. Uh, you could tell they put a sort of blue filter over everything because it's not. I mean, green is still green in Washington. <laughs> it's not desaturated gray wasteland. <laughs> but they did the the culture and feel of it actually pretty well. Um, it's just not actually that dark or cold. And uh I'm sure it has many other good traits as well. I mean, some of some of the actors were were did they they did fairly decent jobs. Most of them did, honestly. Yeah, yeah, just the yeah. I hated a lot of the characters, not the actors playing. 
Yeah, I can see that. A lot of the characters were kind of insufferable, but the actors themselves were doing perfectly fine jobs. Yeah. And if you wind up really liking it, there's like four more movies in the series. So, uh, there's that also. No, but that, I mean, if you're, that's a good thing if you're looking for things and you, like, well, maybe I like this. And if it turns out you do, then you've got a wealth of stuff waiting for you. Exactly. None of which is if you don't like it. And if you don't like it, then, you know, don't have to go and watch the next four movies in the series. You can just kind of like, eh, well, that wasn't worth, that was not for me. So I will just move on from it. Yeah. But my personal recommendation, a much better vampire romance weird creepy relationship movie is left the right one in. Unfortunately, his subtitle made the movies in Swedish. They made an American version called Let Me In. I haven't seen it. I think it's more actually weird. But, I don't know. Well, I mean, it's that tends to be what what we what Hollywood does to uh, foreign films that they decide to make an American version of, isn't it? Yeah, typically. I never saw a girl with a dragon tattoo, though, just my other favorite. I keep saying Swedish. I know it's Scandinavian. I don't know if it's Sweden or Norway or whatever. Mm-hmm. But uh, I do recommend that one possibly instead if you like the concept of Don't Like Twilight. Mm. Just in general, not necessarily specifically to me, right? Yeah, sorry. No, I was just throwing in an idea out there for <laughs> was listening. Like, this sounds cool, but I hate it. Like, well, here's a better version of the same plotline. Kind of. <laughs> I kind of feel like I just need to see more vampire movies in general at this point. I, uh, you know, they're all like superhero movies or um, dinosaur movies to me. They're always at least kind of entertaining. Mm-hmm. Like, some are bad, but they're never boring. Yeah. But I don't know what my favorite one is. Probably just Bram Stoker's Dracula, actually. But 
can't remember if I like that one or not. What's well, that Gary Oldman's Dracula? That's... Oh, yeah. That helps a lot. Um, uh, yeah. Tom Waits as, uh... Renfield, I think. Really? Tom Waits was in Yeah, it is. I... Wow, I don't remember that at all. Shit, I, got, I think I might have to watch that one again. Uh, I've never seen 30 Days of Night, but I hear it's pretty good. There's another one that I heard of recently. Is um... It's like called like what we do in the shadows or something. Yeah, it's like, like a, that. a faux documentary. I mean, that's comedy. It, yeah, uh, yeah. I assume it's a good comedy because it's got Drain Clement and some other guys in it. But hmm. uh, it's a very different feel, probably. Yeah, I would imagine, but still, it's, it's, it's at its core still sort of a vampire movie, so. I watched Queen of the Damned again about a month ago. That didn't so much hold up. <laughs> I, I, I can't imagine. Anyway, there. But then again, it's. Sorry, everyone. Anyway, no, no, that's all I was going to say. Is it's been like 15 years since I watched it, so I don't know. Anyway, there are a great many vampire movies out there for you if you want. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. Oh, I know. I know what I'm going to watch. I'm going to watch Dracula 3000. That's a thing, right? I haven't seen that one. Or is it Dracula 2000? There is a Dracula 2000. That might have been the one I was talking about. That's another one where it was really dumb, but I didn't hate it. (laughs) Yeah, I kind of, same thing. And then there's two direct-to-video sequels. Not that many people know that. There's Dracula 2 Legacy and Dracula 3 Possible Legacy. Maybe I'm going to mix those up. But it's starring... Uh, what's his name? He played Bruce Lee in Dragon. Uh, anyway, there's a Kung Fu priest and Dracula. Um, <laughs> and at some point, Dracula is played by Rutger Hauer, which does not work, but it's amazing. <laughs> I think you told me about these movies at one point. I probably did. I watched all of them in a day. Okay, well, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, 
put this podcast down because I think it's it's time. <laughs> but um, we we hope you've enjoyed hearing us talk about the movie for less time than the actual movie's runtime this time. Yeah. So, uh, I've been Ben. Yeah, I've been Sam. This has been Matt and Manatees. Uh, uh, I, I love you. Never gets old. Brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash matinee manatees. If you like what you've heard and like to hear more, consider becoming a patron. Donations start at just one dollar a month, and half of all profits after hosting costs go towards actual manatee habitat preservation. You can listen to our podcast on iTunes, the Stitcher app, or on YouTube. Our music was composed by Kevin McLeod. You can find this track and hundreds of others on his website, incompetech.com. Thanks for listening.